0: All right, back here on the sports grind. Calvin Casey, Jonas Clark produces Spinning the One and Twos. We are broadcasting here from the Maestro de Bell Tequila Studios. 877 37 Grind. All right, so. Moving on, uh, Matthew Reina is checking in with us on Facebook Live, and he says, "Cowboys by landslide." There's levels to the NFL. Salami stamp, which I think you spelled salami wrong, but salami, yeah, he spelled salami wrong. But who am I to correct somebody on their grammar English? But I can't. I have a hard time. I spell okay, but not really. But anyway, Matthew, that's a nice segue uh look i i you know I had it on the docket yesterday, uh Mike McCarthy, and one of the things the angle I was coming out is with, and you know we're parlaying that to right now is um if you really put it in perspective, like how much really and this just shows you again where we're at and where the landscape is and the pressure and really what makes sense and a lot of this stuff is fan media and fan base driven. Uh, that owners react to or listen to because you just can't escape it on social media. You can't, but if we really put things in perspective, how much pressure should really be on Mike McCarthy coming into this game? And I know I've been the guy that doesn't really have a hundred percent faith in this coaching staff. I've been on record on a live mic over airwaves saying that. So I, I, by me coming at it, this angle, I don't change that. I still feel that, you know, um, they're going to have their hands full, I believe, from, you know, if they're just a better team and Green Bay's not ready, it is just what it is. But if this comes down to coach, coaching and adjustments, if Dallas can't put this game away early, they should be nervous because um, I think, you know, Lafleur is proven it ain't just about 12 and A-Rod. But the question I have, and the reason why I say how much pressure, if you want to be realistically, should be on the pressure and on the doorstep of Mike McCarthy is because... Like, look at perspective of what he's done. Like, even if you take the Jason Garrett era, the last three or four years of the Jason Garrett era, and then you take Mike McCarthy in these first few years, and if you look at the circumstances, for one, when he was hired, go look at where Dallas was at when he was hired, and you know there was some missed opportunities. You know, Dez caught it, no, he didn't. Game, you know, that could have you know catapulted them to a conference championship game. Um, There have been some others. Um, So you understand the landscape of it was when Mike McCarthy had that slumber party over at Jerry's and they shared s'mores crackers together. And he said, hey, this is how I want you to coach. If you do this, I'll give you the coach of the Dallas Cowboys. Um, When he took the job, he had to be forced to inherit Kellen Moore. So he had to go, you know, from being out of the game for a year. And then, you know, prior to that, you call the plays when you were at Green Bay. So you go into a situation to where, you know, you're going to replace Jason Garrett, which was just, you know, they called him king of mediocrity. Always 8-8, 8-8, 8-9, you know, right around there. Um Then you go ahead and have to be force fed an offensive coordinator that technically, now that we know three years later or two and a half, three years later, whatever it was, that really don't really believe in the philosophy of offensive philosophy, the way Kellen Moore was doing things. But Kellen Moore was already there before Mike McCarthy was there. So fast forward to this offseason. Uh, where most people scratched their heads, and most people said, "Okay, if you look at Dallas, is where their offense was ranked." And I came in here like every other day during the summer, and say hey, the offense wasn't the problem, and the running game—it's more of this, it's more of this. Well, while I'm screaming that, and everybody else who was in that camp screaming that, all Mike McCarthy really did was finally be the first coach uh, on post Jimmy Johnson at Dallas to really develop. Uh, a quarterback. Maybe you could say, you know, I will let me take that back. Since the Bill Parcells and kind of Sean duo in regards to the whole Romo connection, I would say the first since then. Okay. So to me, to lead him in the possibilities where he's going to finish no worse than third, maybe behind Christian McCaffrey, maybe he finishes second right behind Lamar Jackson, maybe he surprised everybody and he just wins it. uh But the nvp voting. And if you go look at the offense and you go look at the turnovers compared to last year and the efficiency they ran in the offense, it's a major improvement. So if you take that and you put all that in a, you know, perspective mixed with the fact that the other question that I like to always ask, then who then who are you going to get who is going to really want this job? Under Jerry Jones. Like, yeah, it's Dallas Cowboys. It's America's team. You're gonna be on national primetime TV five to six times a year. Primetime games. But it comes with the price. So how much really pressure should really be on Mike McCarthy, even if he would go to lose this game? Because the pitchforks will be out to be like Jerry's gotta do this. If they get upset, they're seven and a half point favorites. The last time I checked, um, if you lose this at home as more than a touchdown favorite, there's going to be local media in that Metroplex area, and there's going to be national media, and there's going to be fan base that are going to be calling for Mike, Mike McCarthy's head. But the question I have, is that really fair? And we know in this business, as Russell Wilson just found out, it's not a business in a game in an industry of fair but i think it's a fair question cuz all the all the conversation and everything is leaning toward the negative like oh well hey if he doesn't win and look how jerry answered the question cuz the way jerry answered that question that normal like i'm going to gather around after have my own mini post game only owner have my post game press conference when he did that after the washington game again mike mccarthy's job security and way the season went was like it was brought up again, and the only reassurance that Jerry Jones gave Mike McCarthy was, "Well, if you look at his resume, if you look at him and his body of work, but however, we'll see how it goes." That I mean, that was no reassurance. So the chum is already in the water, and the thought is already, and that's, and I see Jerry working because rather Jerry knows he's coming back win or lose, you keep that, you keep that dangling over him to keep that focus coming into this Sunday. So I just wanted to throw out, throw that out there, eight seven seven three seven grind. And in my opinion, um, due to the fact of I don't have that much confidence in this coaching staff when it, the game's on the line and it's crunch and it's about in-game adjustments. But even with that said, I think the body of work of McCarthy this year and the play of Dak Prescott and maybe the momentum of this it comes down to a point where. If you want to move on after this game or if it's a loss or if they go and lose the second round of Philly, if they fall short of even making it to the conference championship game or you lose to the 49ers again in the NFC championship game or or whoever might be waiting on you, Detroit Rams, whatever. Who are you getting? And what's going to be the quality of what you get and who if what has proven that anybody with skins on the wall, with championships on the wall, with leadership pedigree would take this job? Bill's not working for Jerry. Harbaugh, I don't believe, would work for Jerry.
1: You don't think that Bill would put up with Jerry for one season. Hey, Jerry, I'm 13 13 away. The history books would say that Bill Belichick becomes the winningest NFL coach of all time. While on the sidelines for the Dallas Cowboys, because there's a question as to how much, because I I think that there is a fair evaluation of McCarthy here in terms of saying, Do you let him go after this game? Because how much of it is talent and how much of it is coaching? Because I don't, I don't, I wouldn't say that McCarthy developed Dak Prescott. Dak Prescott's in like year eight. He did not develop. He was doing fine. When he was the rookie of the year, he's sixth in MVP voting. Made a Pro Bowl in that time. Uh, of course, he had the horrible injury uh, when he was starting. It started seasons hot.
0: Um, he has developed he his has, quarterback play. Yes, he has. He's developed. I, I disagree. He's, well, let me ask you this, Jonas. If you disagree and you're a stats and number guy, then go give me the year that he's had close to even having the year we've had. Dak Prescott has never been considered in MVP conversations. Dak Prescott has been the punch and well, go. Again, again, his the year, he finished I, I, sixth in un- voting. I'm not telling you that. Mike McCarthy has developed him to like what we know that's on the horizon for an Anthony Richardson in, in Indianapolis, or you know that. But there's 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 a level of Dak is playing this year that we have not seen under Jason Garrett ever, and we didn't really see in the first year to McCarthy. McCarthy taking over playing calls has developed Dak into better quarterback play. But move on.
1: All right, tw- uh, he threw for more yards in 2019 and had uh, more touchdowns in 2021. Um but i I think that Bella, you I think that Jerry for one season could get along with Belichick and Belichick for one season with Jerry because you don't have to come in and build a roster. and if we look at if we look at Bill Belichick as the GM, he has no GM work to do. He's got a great defense, which we know is his bread and butter. You're taking over a great defensive roster, especially if Dan Quinn goes away and then. Uh, figure out your solution as far as the offense. But I think that there's enough talent on that offense that whether it's Kellen – whether Kellen Moore comes back because the Chargers don't want to entertain him him as head coach and they cleared house from Staley and you bring Kellen Moore back and Kellen Moore runs the offense and Bill Belichick coaches his way, 13 wins, maybe you win a Super Bowl because Belichick's shown he can win the Super Bowl with a, a
0: good quarterback. And then you he uh-huh.
1: rides off into the sunset. Well, after first, a year.
0: But first of all, I mean, I don't know why you keep concentrating on it just for one year. I mean, what does that do? I mean, you, you because 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 the the one year part is about the relationship. It's
1: about we just have to get through one year together. We're not talking about this being a marriage. We're, we're this is a, for both of us. This is a tax break situation for one year,
0: or just to both, say just you, so we can
1: both get on our feet. Jerry, I'm going to bring you back to to uh, to the Tidal Town in a sense, make Dallas bring, bring another championship to Dallas. I want, the, I want the coaching record. We do this for one year. And you don't have to worry about paying me the, next
0: year. First of all, nobody in professional football, GM and coach and owner, based on a Super Bowl run or hiring a coach and a project off of one year, not even Bill Belichick. You know, we don't really know how close Dallas is really to a Super Bowl. Um, you know, we don't really know um and and to sit there and like I told you in the first hour I believe whether it's the commanders whether it's the chargers or hypothetically uh you know if you want it and I understand and, and this is based cuz again everybody has an opinion but I know you like stories you like sports stories and a lot of your takes come from narrating sports stories and it's a good story uh, a fair but, but but but, but it, it, 70 80%. So the reason why I'm telling you on this particular it sounds like a good story but the reality of it is it would there's two things like i said earlier i think anybody that's hiring bill belichick is going to want at least a three-year commitment out of him okay that's number one number two um so that's why the whole one year and like i said this isn't the dallas cowboys do not have the san francisco 49ers roster they don't have the baltimore ravens why and i'm talking about quarterback to running back to everything so just adding bill belichick Just sit there and say, this is one year, we're going to win a Super Bowl in one year. I would disagree with that totally a lot. Number two, when I say that, when I'm so quick to sit there and say why I don't believe Bill Belichick would coach for the Dallas Cowboys, is because the Dallas Cowboys is the one job in National Football League. You might say sports, but I'm going to stick it to what I know. And let's just say the National Football League that come with certain conditions that come with no other Team in the national football league and when i say conditions i mean we ain't talking about just like well this is how i want to. this comes down to where there's coaches that are developing that you would have to inherit there are dealing with basically um i'm going to be an owner that is going to be accessible to the media uh, the the media do you think bill belichick wants to go from having to pretty much deal with one of the hardest media markets in this country and be a stoic and answer. And like, we're on to Kansas city. We're on to this, we're on to that, or we're on to Cincinnati. And then he wants to spend the last couple years, maybe of his in good health and energy coaching, having to every day, every week, go ahead and worry about how he's going to do his press conference to come back to make sure it's on the same page with Jerry Jones. Cause Jerry Jones at his age. You can't control him. So that's what I'm saying. Every breadcrumb that we've seen that if you pay attention to the football business of things and you look at who Dallas has had, Mike McCarthy took this job with conditions. He had he ain't Bill Belichick, but he had a Super Bowl trophy from one of the most historic franchises in the NFL history in Green Bay. And he did it coaching one of what we now know, one of the biggest egos in NFL history, but one of the best quarterbacks ever to play in NFL history. And so he had to concede, and basically, and who beat Dallas and left their ass out of the playoffs a couple times? And Jerry hired him with conditions. Everybody from Yuck Yuck to uh, Barry Switzer, everybody that came after Jimmy jo- Jimmy Johnson has had to under conditions and I don't because they're unnormal conditions. Like I believe Bill uh, Belichick, like he, might, you know, Kraft said, Hey, we talked a little bit about it, but I can believe Bill sitting there. Even if Kraft said, Hey, we're going to do this, but we're going to give you less control. I could see him saying, nah, I'm okay. But he would go to a, a chargers, a Washington or an Atlanta and not have to have that control. You know what I'm saying? Like, if you've been on a job for 20 years and you've been busting your ass and you've been busting your ass. And you really basically, maybe through the last few years, you haven't seen eye to eye with your boss. And they pull you in the HR. He pulls you in your meeting, in your office and say, hey, man, I'm going to make you take a half of a pay cut. Or I want you to take pay cut by 8 to $10 an hour. Or I'm going to cut your salary by 15 k If you got a resume and know you can get a job, say, you know what? All I give you, I'll go make less money somewhere else instead of here. So to me, no, I I don't, Jerry, I mean, I went through these talks with, with, with uh, Bill Cowher. I told Dallas fans forever, Bill Cowher would never coach for a guy like Jerry. That's just it. Jerry loves winning. And I always say as a fan base, you got to appreciate that. And he wants to win because there's some owners that really say that, but they, they want checks and balances. Hey, Hey, we in the black, we make money this month. Jerry really wants to win. So Dallas's fans should be happy about that. The problem is Jerry wants to do it his way. And if you are on that payroll, even a Bill Belichick, you're going to have to do it this way. And Bill's not going for that. Now, if you're talking about, you know, um, money talks um, and also control talk. You want to give? If I'm Bill, you want to give me some equity, or you gonna give it all to Stephen Jones and the kids? You want me to give me some equity out of this richest professional sports franchise in the I don't world? I think He's worried about that either. Uh, uh, well, no, I'm 13 just thirteen games. Yeah, yeah, but I'm just sitting there. The, nothing's guaranteed in thirteen games, man. I mean, that makes no sense. Like it, it, if they and I would tell you go and the, we'll be hypothetically, I would give you the odds that would jump even if Dallas hires Bill of belichick the guarantee a super bowl just in 13 months not because that that's not you can't base it off of that you listen to the sports grind today's show is being presented by dos he's get a dose calvin casey jonas clark produces spinning one and twos we'll be back I don't want that back calling me splurge Drop me drunk right off the curb yeah. Bend the sprint, fly like a bird all right, back here on the Sports Grind. Calvin Casey, Jonas Clark, producing and spinning a one and twos. Today's show was presented by Dos Equis. Get a dose. We have been broadcasting here from the Maestro de Bell Tequila Studios. And the last segment of the day is going to be sponsored by Zing Zing. Two words, a key to any perfect cocktail. And that is Zing Zing. Make sure you try all the pre-made alcoholic drinks. Uh, they come in different flavors as well, too. But whatever you do, just make sure you always zing zang responsibly. That is Zing Zang, official sponsor of the sports grind. All right. So, um... Keeping it moving. So, yeah, I mean, that's just my take on uh, McCarthy. We'll see uh, because I've, I've been in this situation with the Cowboys before and everybody thinks that, you know, Jerry's going to make this move and he's just going to fire and that it's not – you know, if you remember, I mean, Jason Garrett was wanted to be fired for the last four years of his tenure. So, I mean, Jerry, you know, and again, I've said this before, the clock is ticking. But Jerry usually doesn't go with the masses of what people want him to do. It's that. But I just feel that uh, – You know, it's one of those that it always comes down: what is realistic? That is the options. If you fire Mike McCarthy to get that type of coach that you've always looked for, that can work with you. Speaking of Jerry Jones, and it it, sometimes it's just going to be is what it is. Because before I believe Jerry Jones is going to go outside the family and relinquish control. I don't care if he's ninety-two years old. He's got to do it in with somebody in-house first, and he ain't done that. So I don't see him going to – that. that's the whole point why I brought this up because I'm thinking, like, where are they going to go? Like, I mean, if you really look at it is, I mean, you could see improvement of the number one position that you've got to have going in the right direction, and that's Dak Prescott. You know, whether it's the interceptions that's been cut down, it's just the efficiency of the offense and the comfortability and the demand that he has is there. Is it going to result to a Super Bowl trip victory or a Super Bowl trip or at least an NFC championship? I don't know. That's why it's the hard one of the hardest trophies, if not the hardest trophies to win in North America. You got to play the game. It's only one off, man. It ain't the best four out of seven. It's one. You got to be good on that Sunday or Saturday. OK, in this case, come Monday, because we got playoff action come Monday. 877 37 grind. Before we transition to NBA, before we get out of here, a couple points. Um, Greg uh, Pinner, uh, owner of the Denver Broncos, met the media as well yesterday. Um, got a chance to look at that this morning. Uh, definitely uh, takeaways from it. Um, he spoke on... You know, the progress that he did see uh, this year gave a lot of praise to um, Coach Payton in regards to the start that they have and how it was, you know, how the leadership and the stability was able to dig out of that. uh, Something that he didn't really get to see in his first technically year of just purchasing the seam on the Hackett. Um, but the thing that stood out to me was really um, the words as well of the praise of George Payton, uh, the general manager. I think, you know, one of the things is true if you really look at it, because, uh, you know, I think, you know, a lot of the fan base in the media get caught up into um, and they pin, which is a big part. But they have really um, stopped it with the Russell Wilson, stopped it at the Russell Wilson trade. And how this has gone down and how this what the situation has put in uh, the situation of the franchise and the organization. And it's like it's forgotten what George Payton has really done at the GM. Now I've been saying all year, uh really I felt, you know, the reports came out as well that, you know, Sean Payton was gonna have the final say so on George's faith. Um and the reality of it is I did tell you at the time, if he likes working with them. He's going to stay on board. Uh, One of the reasons why I think besides just the companionship, uh, why he survived is something that Greg Penner alluded to, which if you really think about it and you get past the Russell Wilson compensation, I mean, over the last few uh, drafts, George has drafted some young guys uh, that have become to be talented, that played some crucial spots and minutes this year. When you talk about a uh, Brandon Browning, when you talk about a Cooper, you know out Ohio State. I mean, these are guys that they were relying on to be edge rushers and rush the quarterback. Those are George Payton draftees, not Sean. Uh, when you talk to about the offensive line uh, lineman and Ramirez, you know the uh, when you talk about him, um, Gut, they call him. That wasn't a Sean Payton. That was a George. So um, it was very positive. I think, you know, one of the things that just showed is that he wants to win. They want to win. And he just said, hey, you know, there was a couple of streaks that were broken this year, but also we're expecting maybe even a better record the next year. So, again, I keep bringing it up because it is night and day the way I feel. And when you're looking at an organization that is going through some struggles and some hard times in round to trying to retool, uh, and get back to winning ways. Um it's just night and day what I experience with their situation and how it's structured and who's talking compared to what I've you know what I feel like I'm experiencing consistently down here in our backyard in the two one oh with the Spurs. Um but and that's the reason why I shine light to that. So only time will tell but it sounds like it's a good working relationship uh between the three. Uh, admitted there's a lot of off season work that has to be done uh and the main thing is going to be done is figuring out uh how they're gonna maneuver uh this russell wilson situation so just wanted to bring that up before we transitioned uh, a couple other notes before we go to back uh basketball uh Mika Fitzpatrick uh says that he's going to play uh this week against the bills that's an important piece of secondary that Pittsburgh could possibly get back. Uh, Going on the road in Orchard Park And faced Bill Mafia Uh, That's something that came across my radar as well So we'll get time to break down that matchup Tomorrow I think Pittsburgh is really coming in Um, You know I hate the fact that they won't have T.J. Watt I mean if you go look at their records Without T.J. Watt in the performance You swear he's a quarterback Uh, cause it's night and day. But uh maybe they're a little bit more equipped uh now that the defense is getting some confidence from the offense being able to sustain drives with Rudolph and score. Uh the running games looked a little bit better. So I do think Pittsburgh um is coming in this game uh probably to give all they can and handle to uh Buffalo, even though Buffalo is one of those hot teams that got hot uh, you know, down the stretch. Um So, we'll get in all to it tomorrow. We'll break down the wild card games. Definitely the Texans, you know, their first time back in the playoffs in some years. Uh, They'll be taking on the red hot Cleveland Browns. I really think, uh, you know, my opinion in the last six weeks, five weeks of the regular season, uh, there's only one team that you can argue that played as good or better than the Browns consistently, and that's the team in their division, uh, the Baltimore Ravens. And that's with San Fran included. I think, you know, San Fran had that game that they stubbed their toe on. I think. It is definitely, without a doubt, it's it's Cleveland and Baltimore who's been the most consistent down the stretch. So they take on the Texans. We'll get into that game as well. We'll talk more tomorrow. You know, this has been reported. I talked about it yesterday a little bit. One of the coldest games in Kansas City history, uh, Saturday night. Uh, we'll definitely talk about that and break that game down. I told you a little bit, took a peek at that total. And really, when you're talking about 15 to 25-mile-an-hour gust winds, um, this could really come down, I believe, to a defensive type of game because both of, when you're talking about zero degrees and, you know, minus feeling like minus 15 or 10 or 20, whatever they're expecting, uh, both teams, I don't care if you're the home team or not, everybody's affected by it because, believe it or not, Kansas City has players on their team uh, that either grew up in the south or were tropical that they've just gotten used to because it Kansas City, but you're talking about zero is a whole different type of cold. Uh, transitioning into the NBA, uh, as I alluded to in the first hour, the Denver Nuggets. Uh, took an L in Utah last night Jordan Clarkson, monster game There's trade rumors centered around him With Utah, with some multiple other teams As well too um, And we talk about the Spurs uh, Getting a uh, much needed win uh, Against the Detroit Pistons The only other team that had a better record then uh, but they handled business. They won it from wire to wire. They led wire to wire. They finished it out. So, my hat's off to them and seeing if this could spawn into one of those three out of six, you know, five out of sevens or that I'm kind of looking for if it ever can come. What do you got?
1: Uh, Dan Weiss noted on the last night's broadcast three consecutive third quarter wins for the Spurs. Told you a month ago. Mm-hmm. How they start games and how they come out the half has been very key and something that I've been watching. Since Pop has put Wemby at the five, Trey Jones now, even though Malachi is back, Trey Jones playing your traditional point guard role. Mm -hmm. They're humming, and they've won the third quarter three times now, which is a positive trend. They're not winning games. Yeah but
0: it's the marked improvement. Well, the improvement, if, if, again, like I said, we, we can look at things different. I, I think, you know, I, I'm not – you have to take – and I understand you got to take steps in regards to things you look for and somewhat improvements, but the only thing that really matters consecutively is when they can start consecutively winning. I mean, that to me, that's really the only proof that you can mark if things are really going in the right direction. It, it's it's – uh, You know, it's really about W's and L's. And at the end of the day, you know, when they start winning consecutive games or they start winning four out of six or they start doing then we can sit there and say okay maybe we turned on we we, we can dumb it down so much but if we start talking about streaks to winning quarters then we really searching at the bottom for some pennies and some nickels Uh, but they won it yesterday that's why I want to stay positive but the other thing that I did have on the docket with the Spurs because I know people are you know I've seen it on my timeline and the question and you even alluded to it yesterday things come in threes and I had to think like when you you know, when you're in the profession of any profession and you have notoriety and you have peers that you, you know, either not idolize from afar or you pay attention or follow or you kind of, you know, uses motivation um, as and you're up in that class of greats. Um, it got me thinking in the last 24, 40 hours what we've experienced with Bill Belichick and what we've experienced now, with, especially with Nick Saban. But I think you can clue Bill, even though Bill's going to continue to coach, and I think you can add him into this effect too because really what it ultimately comes down to, I wonder is this I wonder is this a situation that Pop looks at at the end of the year and gives him the reassurance that it's like okay, like change and you know what else do i have to accomplish becomes more clear for him to see if there's and i know everything is a little bit different but um you know and it also goes back to where you know i don't know what bill's situation is in regards to. i know he was he had a significant other that was pretty close i don't think he ever remarried or they got married and i don't even know if they're still dating uh we know about miss terry so the situation is different because i feel and i still live by this to this day a lot of these guys and, it's, and and sometimes it goes down in life as well too, but in sports world and coaching, a lot of these guys and legends, the, and, and it goes with players, they hang on because there is no there's no thought about what my life is going to be in chapter two. And what do I have to go to if it's not this? And to me, that's really where that falls on the question of does this give a time? Because we're all human, pop's human, Everybody human. When you have time to yourself, that's when you're honest and that's when you reflect. And that's when you be honest with the situation in the mirror. Um, And like I've told you coming in here, and I've said this come Monday, um, the losing physically, in my opinion, is taking a toll on his opinion on his appearance and on his, the way his demeanor is through some of these press conferences. Cause you can feel so excited as you want to with a young group of guys, they're learning, everybody's bought in this and this. But when you are used to living in success, it's hard to go back to nothing. Okay. That's the reason why in, in life you have real, humans that are not professional coaches that are not professional players but when they all of a sudden experience you know personal failure they have so much success whether that be financially you know they lose their job or you know they had all this money but then they went broke that's the reason why you deal with real humans that really can't deal with that and they think about horrible things You know, because it takes a toll when you're used a certain way and you can be prepared. But until you go through it, it can eat at you. And that's what he he can say, whatever he wants to say. Okay, I've seen the guy since he showed up. I know where I know how he's been covered. I know how he basically to a T controls everything when it comes to the media. So I've seen it all. So I'm sitting here comfortable Can tell you, despite what he says, it's taking a toll on him. Period. What do you got?
1: And that's where I think you look at games like last night, and you see him excited about coaching. Now, it's a win will always, get, or the opportunity to win, will always, you know, rejuvenate you a little bit. Um, but I, I, looking at again the the third quarters, looking at the, the how he's handling the rotations, I do think again, kind of where I was hoping for time frame wise as we got closer to the All Star break, that the experiments would start to be done. And I know Michael Esparza asked. On Twitter, if, if the experiments are, are done. Um, and I and I, th- I think so. Uh, because you see the joy of the players. And Wemby's words after. He said, this is what I live for. It's this right here. And, and, and those kinds of reactions kind of make you feel, get out of your way, if you're pop, I feel. And uh, bring it back to the players and say, okay, yeah, let's start winning some games. Let's start having some fun again doing this. And... I think when you compare to the pop situation with the Belichick and the Saban, of course Saban just got done, you know, with a with a title a title run, but he's being beat down by the NIL. His health is a little bit different. A Belichick hasn't been able to find Tom Brady's replacement. I feel like the opportunity where Pop has with Wembenyama, to where he does have his future star uh, that you feel is a new franchise player. That puts him in a different
0: spot. I think there's a good chance that this is his last year, regardless. Um, you know, you talk about, well, look at last night. Well, those are far between. When do they play Detroit again? I mean, like, I at the, April. okay. So,
1: you know. But they're they, playing better basketball. It's uh, not even like, it's uh, to where you can see they have the opportunities. To win.
0: That's fine, Jonas, but you still got to finish. You got to win. You know, you got an opportunity to win the lottery every day on Wednesday, Saturday. You don't get that feeling until us you win it. It's just a dream at the point. I get it that you measure everything in steps, and there's nothing wrong with that. You got to have that's life. You got to measure goals, but the bottom line is is that I don't think one win in the Motor City. In Detroit, against a team that lost 28 games in a row at one time, has the worst record in basketball, and because of the smiles on everybody's faces, that that's just going to sit there and account for what they've experienced the last that's month or two or what they could do. Not one game. But, but right. They're trending but, but, in the right direction. But but let them get W's and not quarter victories, and let's say that's trending. OK, I, I'm just cut from a cloth that I can't dumb. You can only dumb down and lower the bar so much. And it's hard to lower the bar so much when you've had success in that high. And I think that's why I'm looking at a man that it is weighing on him. I do believe that when you prepare for something you can prepare for, it, but it's anything in life until you go through it. You don't know how you feel or what you're going to do. It's just like somebody, oh, you let somebody pull a gun on me or let let me come in. Well, have you ever had that happen? How do you know what you're going to do? So my point of it is you can look at his face. You can look at him and his demeanor. and you can. And at the end of the day, these consecutive and it comes down to age, people. It's like you're in in your 70s. I mean, I feel certain things and I'm going to in a month, I'll be 47. Let alone 73 or four, wherever pops at. I mean, because arguably, look, we got Pete Carroll that's out at 70. You know, Nick's gone. We'll see Bill. Maybe if Bill doesn't coach this year, whether he takes a year off or he comes to coach. Now it's down to where you're part of the one of the oldest dudes coaching in North American sports. Speaking of Greg Pavlovich. okay. now I know, you know, my dad's 79 years old. Pretty rarely is still in good shape. But at the end of the day, some of these 70s, I know the 70s can say, hey, well, the 70s is the new 60s. I don't know, because we always say that with everything else. But the truth, the bottom line of it is that is up in age. I mean, you you feel different. It's not easy. I mean, we're just talking, forget the X and O's, because I think at the end of the day, Pop's a coach. I mean, you can make adjustments and do all that in your sleep, because at the end of the day, that's what you do. But reality of it is, is I just feel that it comes down to your age and the wear and tear, what you're accustomed to. I just had a quote. We'll see if it basically, you know, makes him reflect at some point, maybe not now, but to sit there and say, you know what, it's OK. There's other challenges. It's OK. There's nothing that I have here left to, uh, you know, approve. Pr- 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 Cool.
1: Celtics, Bucks tonight, Suns, and Lakers.
0: All right, man. We'll see what happens with those matchups. Special thanks to the producers of the show today Jonas Clark, San Antonio, El Paso, Abilene, Lubbock, people up in Tyler, people up in the Shaw City, people up in the Mile High City in Denver, Colorado, and people down the whole 305 South Florida region, and my people down Laredo. When that alarm goes off tomorrow morning for you at the snooze button, for you out the rack, just ask yourself, you grind in peace. See you tomorrow.
2: The biggest savings of the season are at specs. The fun starts here.